Hey guys, welcome hey, back. Hey, hey. <laughs> I've been waiting to do that. <laughs> what? That's why you're staring at me like a yeah. fucking maniac. I was doing my fat Albert. Waiting. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, welcome back to Couple Goals. That's the <laughs> shit that I deal with. <laughs> Couple Goals. <laughs> look at look yeah, at how I loud I was. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> it's a good thing you EQ all that out later. Balance Jesus. it, whatever you do. Which means the rest of the podcast is going to sound like this. It's going to sound like ASMR because you're... Don't stop doing ASMR right now. I don't know why people like that shit. It's the opposite of things I like. So you don't like ASMR? No, I don't understand it. So you don't want me to do It, it reminds me of somebody like who all you can hear is them like smacking this? their lips while they're eating. Oh, yeah, and that's gross. all you can hear. Gross. And it's like, why would you want to focus on that? That is gross. Maw. Maw. So, what's up? What's up? Uh... I've been going back and forth in my head. Like, do we talk about the fact that we've had three mass shootings this week? So do we try to stay I, off that topic? Because I'm sure it's already forefront in most people's minds anyway. Do we try to just ignore it for the sake of entertaining people? Or do we offer our own thoughts just because it's our platform and we can do whatever the hell we want? Or would that kind of bring down the whole tone of the podcast? Do we want to just, what do you want to do? I just was reading about the, okay, so... We'll talk about it briefly, but we're not going to dwell on it because normally if you like to hear us get political, that we do that on Patreon. It's oh, a good way to bring up that's Patreon. That's very organic. I like that. Yeah, you know me. So <laughs> organic marketing at its finest. Yeah. Um, okay. That's normally where we keep all of our and we do get political over on Patreon. So if that's something you want to hear, that's where you go if you want to hear us. Yeah. But I will say that I was just reading. Oh, hi, Carly. Oh, that was his paw on my iPad. Um, but I was just reading about the El Paso shooting because that I... That was the second one this week. Yeah. Because I was... I was like... I was still up last night when Dayton happened. Yeah. Because I didn't fall asleep until four. Because you work 22 hours a day. Because I like to work more than most people are even awake <laughs> because I am a harder worker than you listening to this right now. <laughs> I work harder than you. So I, but the wow. second I start recording, this dog humps my arm. He's like, you're such a hard worker. It's so much a turn on. <laughs> no, I know. He's like, you know what turns me on? Work ethic. So <laughs> and your elbow. <laughs> also, your elbow super hot. Anyway, Crowley is being really gross right now so I'm sorry if you hear this but I was still up and I was like I don't want to I don't want to read this yeah because it was like developing story and because right. it, it was it happened at like 2 a.m yeah. and I saw it at like 203 I mean I saw it right away and I was like no I don't I don't want to read about this so anyway I was just reading about the El Paso shooting and I gotta tell you so what that led me to is Walmart. Okay. okay. So I was trying to find stats on how many shootings in the last 10 years have taken place at Walmart or in the Walmart parking lot. Because we've had them happen here. Yeah. It, it, like, And by here, I mean within seven miles of our house, there's been a shooting. There's been a shooting in Walmart. Yeah. Not the Walmart I go to, but the other one. Strongsville. Okay. So, like, it's common. Walmart yeah. shootings are, like, a thing. Yeah. 
Well, that led me down a rabbit hole of reading about Walmart's gun policies. And they, they like, let up on them until they almost... They didn't almost go under, but they saw a serious dip in their profits, and then they went back to something. Oh, you mean like their gun sales, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then till they, they went, they were having problems when there was a recession, and they went back to heritage stocking, like shelf stocking, because they tried to go high end. What's heritage? What does that mean? Heritage was like, they went back to what Sam Walton liked. Oh, okay. And this was in the early 2000s. So this is like around 2005. They went back to heritage stocking, and that's when guns came back, like, full force. Okay. And now we're dealing with what we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, that's not the only reason, obviously. Right. But. It does help when. I don't go to Walmart as a general rule. This week you sent me to Walmart. Didn't send you to Walmart. I sent you, I asked you to go to the grocery store. No, you specifically said Walmart. Well, because you won't go to Giant Eagle. Absolutely not. Giant Eagle is two to three times as expensive as most stores. But Walmart's the only other place that has the stuff I want to eat, since you won't go to the real grocery store. Mark's has stuff. No, I I have left Mark's in this. This is how you've much left, I, you've left that location. There's I've another Mark's. Mark. Yeah, I'm there's not. A, there's a Mark's in Strongsville and a Mark's in. Medina. I'm not trying to turn grocery shopping into a relay race. I'm I just, just like saying that I place. can go to different locations. <laughs> oh, you can. I can't. <laughs> anyway, so you sent me to Walmart right the day after the Mississippi. Can you take Walmart. your hand away from me, please. Just take your hand away. That's all you this have to is, do. This is this is the sound of. Just take your hand away. Crowley, no. What do I do? So no. do I, am I supposed to cut off my arms? I'm sorry he finds them so sexy. <laughs> Put your arms away. It's your fault. You're asking for it. <laughs> you got your arms out. Listen, just because you have all this hipster haircut with your hipster glasses, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't about, know what that has to do with me mocking people. Because you look like a douchebag, and now you're talking Ouch. like a douchebag. Ouch. My hair is overgrown. Like, what are you even talking about? Because it's parted on the side right now. Have you seen yourself? This is bedhead. This is none of this is intentional. It looks like a style. I haven't styled my hair since Friday. It looks like a style. It's, it is not a style. You have a part. <laughs> so anyway. So, so, do you, oh, so I'm sorry, a, I have to digress now. You prefer when I look uh, like just like shaved. You prefer what you call the serial killer look? Yes, because recently serial killers are looking like college graduates so i prefer people who look so like, like they might be a murderer because those people tend not to be murderers yeah the people who are actual murderers are fucking college Clean white shaven, boys short hair yes yeah so if you could go back to showing your head tattoos that would be great mm. so anyway my point here i can't win is, here folks <laughs> My point look, here is trying to look decent. Mississippi shooting happened. Mississippi Walmart shooting happens. Next morning, Sean's like, you need to go to Walmart. So I go to Walmart and it's the worst experience of my life. And I'm having all these stomach <laughs> problems and I'm pushing my way through the store and I'm trying not to die. I'm trying not to pass out. None of out. it had anything to do with Walmart. This anyway, would have happened to any store you were at. But I'm at Walmart, so it makes it 10 times worse. I spent $325 at Walmart, which is terrible. And then. And we're pretty much out of food. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> I'll, Your face. I'm going to curb stomp somebody. <laughs> so then El Paso shooting happens at Walmart. So I'm not going there anymore. Cool. You can start going to Giant Eagle. It's closer. I'm it's not. Convenient. That $325 would have easily been over 500 at Walmart. Giant or Eagle. Giant Eagle. Easily. No, I was I was just going to say this. I mean, every, everybody has their opinions about the shootings. And I always 
I'm always of the opinion that shootings are bad, and you would think that would be the general opinion, right? That better be the opinion. That's but it, but it, that's that's my my old thing. I was going to talk about is just the fact that it seems like there are a lot of people who they hear about a bunch of people getting killed with guns, and their first thought is about their own guns and their right to buy guns. That's where their brain goes immediately. And those people are a problem. My thought goes to the fact that Walmart shouldn't be selling guns. And you know what? I hate Walmart. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so people tend to make these shooting three mass shootings in a week. People argue what what constitutes a mass shooting as if more the F, as if losing I, life I do. a small amount or only losing two people is okay somehow. I do. People. I do think so. It's more than it's three or more that constitute a mass shooting, right? Okay. I think. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And that is why the number is so high in many cases, right? Yeah. So that's partially why. However. But that's a lot of that's that's enough. <laughs> like however, three, is a, three is a lot of people to get killed at a time by one person. Two hundred and fifty mass shootings by. August seems like an awful lot. Yeah. And again, three in a week. And they they never, ever want to. The Certain people don't want to address the actual issue, which there has to be a smart way to look at gun control as somebody speaking as someone who likes guns. I think guns are fun to shoot. I, the only parallel I can draw really is people collect them. There are a lot of people who own guns who are very responsible. We can do that whole rigmarole. The, the only parallel I could draw for myself is if suddenly comic books were killing people and they became very dangerous. Yes, from boredom. You just fucking fall over. Zinga! <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so, you know what I would do, though? I would I would gladly give up my comic book collection if no, it meant would. random... Yes, I would. If it literally your comic meant, books are killing me. If I knew... Give them up. If I knew that giving up my comic books would drastically lower the chances of my kids getting killed while at school, I would I would gladly donate them. Speaking of kids that, getting killed, let's talk about that Dayton. I, I, you said you didn't want to go into it. <laughs> now you want to get into it? Well, you brought up the kids. Yeah. And I don't know if if people, if you've been shielding yourself from the Dayton situation, the Dayton shooter killed his sister. She was one of the nine. She was actually one of the first out of the nine. She was in her car. And that mother... Only had two kids. She lost both her so kids. She's lost both her kids. And then the Gilroy thing, he killed two kids under 12 or something. Yeah. And again, that was only three people, as I like to say. It was just only three. I don't know that that's a mass shooting. No, that's it is. Three. That's literally a mass shooting. I know, shooting. but that's how people treat them, though. They act like, oh, it's it's only three people. Calm down. A nine-year-old and a twelve-year-old. If it was, that's in, like, what if what if that was one of your kids exactly. or any one of your family members? Right. It doesn't have to be a child. No. It's, it's it's always no matter how many people it is, it, it's always that number that's too many. That's somebody's family. If it's three people, that's three people too many. If it's ten people, that's ten people too many. Yeah. And then you had the whole situation with the Gilroy thing, where the cops took credit for stopping it, and then the coroner came out and said, "No, he died of a self-inflicted gunshot." Right, wound. but we all know cops are liars. Right. So well, they tried to they tried to spin that story to make it sound like, look, good guys with guns made it so it was only three people. And again, no. three people is too many, regardless, even if that was the case. And and then it was they didn't even stop it, even though there were a bunch of armed police officers there. They they weren't the ones to end it. The shooter ended it before they could. Yeah. 
uh, it, Shooter should have ended it before he started it. And I, I really which happened th- here in town. The the thing with uh, the Our town the shooters too is that I, I think people really do think they're going to go John Wick. Why can't you keep your arm over here? Like just keep your arm like not near him, and then he won't. So be you so want him. me to keep my right arm across my just like this for now until he's very distracted it's basically uh, the only thing i can think of is it's that's the equivalent of just having your legs spread (laughs) by having your your elbow so exposed right now you're saying i'm asking for it (laughs) by having an arm (laughs) i'm trying to think like crowley and i'm guessing if you maybe kind of you know were a little bit more demure (laughs) in your elbow positioning (laughs) i have my arm like up over the back of the couch and i'm wearing like a sleeve. Oh, that's good. Yeah, back here is good too. Yeah, where he can't get to it. There you go. Problem solved. Legs closed. All right. <laughs> Your labia is not flapping in the wind now. That's that's. Well, labia was never flapping in the it wind. It may be in his mind. That's up again. Mm, I'm thinking. Of, I don't know what would make an elbow attractive. All right. I'm just trying to look at it, the the in a way that makes sense to me. All right. What do you need, Sam? You want to get in? I didn't on know this? I was such an elbow slut. <laughs> right. Elbow slut. All right. I don't even know what I was Damn. saying now. I don't know. Apparently. <sighs> I'm just fucking over here being a giant slut. <laughs> like, put your elbow away, woman. I'm losing feeling in my hand from hiding well, my fine. arm. He's under a blanket couch. now. It's fine. No, now. his whole head is out. Oh, okay. but yeah, but he's, he's not looking a, at you. He's gonna get a whiff of my elbow. <laughs> I put it out here. She's got he's gonna elbow be like, flapping that, in the wind. He's gonna be like, is that, <laughs> is that elbow? Is that elbow? I smell wide open elbow. Mm. <laughs> wide open. There's our. There's our. There's our <laughs> podcast title. Wide open elbow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. I forget. I don't even I don't know. know. It, oh, oh, this is why I was I was talking about the fact that uh, w- the one solution that a lot of people seem to have is you know more guns would be good. You need more <laughs> yeah. people with guns. That's normally what happens, right? But you think about these Walmart scenarios, and if when I imagine a scenario, like I'm shopping at Walmart, right? Which I'm it's already in a bad place, f- physically, literally, however you want to put it. I truly figuratively. Feel like, I feel. Oh, you said you. Where you were, by the way, as you said, people imagine themselves in a John Wick scenario. Yeah. That's where you said. Where it's going to play yeah. out. It's very clear cut who the bad guy. But, but imagine a Walmart. But that's not how it plays out. Well, that's what I was going to go into. You know, you hear gunshots. So first of all, you have to realize you've heard gunshots. Because if you're not used to hearing gunshots, you're gonna, you're not necessarily going to immediately recognize those are gunshots. Right. So then, then you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know if it's three aisles over. You don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know where it is. So then you have other people start pulling out guns, let's say, hypothetically. Now you don't know who the active shooter is. Right. And you could it's it's not not as as clear cut as all that. And if you're and they could. And no, it could play out the other way, too, where they they find the person and take them down. But that person already has the advantage. They're already willing to take life. They already have their gun out. Yeah, but it's worse than that, because if this is playing out in a Walmart. You can people can be storming the fucking walmart sales thing and getting guns right and now you have multiple people with guns right which is why police wear uniforms you know who's who and right. then you have the police show up which could exacerbate things as well yeah because they'll be taking out like, it's not as simple as oh i had my gun on me and i just dropped him now i'm not and again that has happened i'm sure that has happened uh but and ohio it, is an open carry as well so everybody doesn't always have their gun put away right so but most you know, stores have signs that you're not allowed to bring a, a gun in carry. I don't think Walmart has a sign. Right. I don't know. Probably I don't, not. I don't think I've ever. I mean, most I know restaurants Applebee's do. does. Oh, yeah. Like most restaurants <laughs> Most places have, that serve alcohol have to. Yeah. Most restaurants have signs that say no open carry. But 
it's not. And and again, I don't I don't have the solutions, but I I don't understand why people are so adamant about not looking at gun control. And I I know people who who own guns, and they've they've literally said though, like I am pro more gun control though. Just because I'm a gun owner doesn't mean well. That I'm going to start looking for excuses as as to why everybody should have guns and we should have more and more guns. And and then, like, I've seen, like, the conservative side of this. Conservatives, people I work with, are thoroughly convinced that the Democrats or Obama, you know, who's not even president anymore, is going to take their guns away. That that's an agenda or something that's going to happen. That will never happen. Nobody's going to take your guns away. We do need to... As we've seen, though, as we've allowed more and more access to guns, we've had more have, and more shootings. It, I have a fucking moron-ass cousin who has an AK-47 and has named his child after a fucking gun, named a dog after a gun. That person needs his guns taken away. People who are obsessed with guns, and it, it can be... Uh, I don't know that that's even necessarily... I, a, I don't a, think he's a threat. That's right. not what I I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying you're a moron and you don't deserve any <laughs> of that. When you're obsessed with guns like, that much, it's a, it's a, it's a it, bit. It's weird. It's really stupid. It's weird. But he also is like five foot four and has a truck bigger than my house because he's clearly making up for something. I know. I something. work with someone like that, too. And again, yeah. He, and he's also very jumpy. And that's like, like he owns a lot of guns. Yeah. And when I work with him. It's a bigger problem. He, and I don't think, again, I don't think he's a threat. He, he is very jumpy. If. He gets startled. Your person might be a threat. If he gets startled, he will turn around and put his dukes up when he's startled by sounds. He will fight whatever sound he hears. This means the sound of a tow motor's forks dropping suddenly. He will punch that out, apparently. That's his... But this, and, he, the, and these are some of the people, though, that that love guns and are terrified of their guns being taken away. So every time there's a shooting, they well, go buy punch, more he's guns. Gonna, he's going to punch out. He's going to punch out those sounds, those... those Come, come take my guns. I'll punch it out. Yeah. But no, he'll use his guns at that point. He doesn't. But the, the people that are that jumpy should not own guns. Like if you're reacting like that to loud sounds or when I walk up behind you and say, hey, in a non-threatening tone, you shouldn't turn around 180 degrees in a split second with your fists up. It's He's a little spider monkey. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. All right. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to keep going down there. Like I said, uh, shootings are bad. If you're <laughs> more concerned about your, your gun rights over human life, then you should look at yourself, basically, is what I'm trying to say. You can argue the set, you know, amendment I mean, rights. I feel and, like that about everything, though. If you're more concerned about your money than feeding the homeless, you should really look at yourself. If you're more concerned. I, I, I don't care about feeding the homeless. I do. Oh, I don't. I, I genuinely don't care. But see, you don't care because you have been in dire straits growing up and people didn't give a shit about you. You don't care because. Well, I don't care because a lot of homeless people end up there because of really, really bad decisions. Correct. Correct. And I'm not and saying they deserve to die, but you could have made you, better decisions. So you, I think of, I'm not thinking of those people. Okay. <laughs> that sounds bad, but that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking about like their family and their life. And I see Sam and he's so cute. But like, I, I just think, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just thinking bigger picture than that. So like I've always said though, I'm not a good person. I'm not. I know this. I don't aspire to be. I, I'm not saying I'm like a bad, evil person, but at the same time, like, I'm not concerned know. about a lot of larger problems. Like, we all know that, like, I had a real shitty family growing up. But the one thing that I did do, and it was for looks that I had, that, that they made me do this. Oh, sure. Was, um, I had, I worked at soup kitchens. And yeah. it was for looks, you know, so that they could tell people that we were doing this. Right. But it really made you realize a lot. No. Yeah. And it was it was a good experience. I don't want to do it. 
That's not what I mean by that. <laughs> I'm not trying to go out and work at soup kitchens. But it just makes you appreciate what you have, and it makes you want to give back. But by give back, by give money, not time. Yeah. I don't want to. Time's my most valuable resource that doesn't renew. Money renews. Yeah. So I'll give that. Time does not. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any causes because, Ooh, again, I'm... I just I'm, punched my I'm, mic. I'm, I'm a... <sighs> Sorry about that, guys. If you're deaf now, I'm not. I'm not a good person. I, I don't care about a lot of people's plights. Like I mean, it, yeah, it, you really kinda, don't. In a nebulous way, yeah, it sucks. That's terrible. But um, you know, he cares. He cares about gun control, but nobody else's plight. <laughs> He's like, unless you're getting shot well, again. I don't give this a fuck. is this because this could affect me because it's so random, and that's the thing people don't realize is every time one of these shootings happens, nobody was predicting it was going to happen there. Well, Not a single person at the Gilroy Garlic Festival went there in terror that, oh my God, I bet there's going to be a shooting today. Yeah, that's, that's how random how it life is. is. I know, and that's why it terrifies me, is, you know, our kids go to school. Yeah. Logan's going off to college soon. Now you can't even go to the grocery store. You know, it's happening yeah. at music festivals. It's just, it's crazy that like, leaving the house is so dangerous. The and, shit. and it shouldn't and be. And then you keep sending me to Walmart. And and Walmart's just getting more and more dangerous. I tell you, I tell you, you go just, to Giant Eagle. And you're just like, I need better mutual, so you have to go to Walmart. But at our Giant they, Eagle, we did have somebody blow their own head off yeah, in, the, so in the store. Actually, so. Giant Eagle is becoming one of the safest places at this point because once that happens there once, the odds right. of it happening again, lightning striking twice, not that great. Gotcha. So there you go. Giant Eagle it is from now on. Fuck that. Bombs no off. way. Strongsville <laughs> Walmart. Someone had, the, there was a shooting in that parking lot, so I can probably go there. Because it's actually pretty safe because someone's already been shot in that parking lot. <laughs> so it's not, and which is weird because that's a really upscale, like that's our, that's the Eagleton, our Pawnee. Yeah. And it's been shot up, but it's on the bus line. So it brings crime. What are you going to do? So, yeah, that's. Uh, but again, the, just the randomness of it, it's terrifying. And again, the, the access to guns has gotten easier and easier and the type of guns has changed and they've be, be, you know become uh the more dangerous guns meaning the right. ones that are just have have high stark industries <laughs> well the, the the guns that have uh can hold a lot of ammunition you know the higher count magazines no i, I don't know any of those this. are those are easier to get now they didn't used to be and so as guns proliferate shootings proliferate there is a connection and I know I cite this Eddie Izzard bit all the time, but I shouldn't have to. I didn't used to have. And back when he did this, this was this 1998. Was, this, was say, pre, this was the 90s. This was pre 9-11 even. But I think it was after Columbine, maybe. Mm, or right yeah. before, maybe. I'm not Columbine sure. Columbine was, was my senior year. What year was that? It was 98, 99. So it might have been right before, right after that. But he has that bit where, where people say guns don't kill people. People kill people. With guns out. <laughs> But the gun helps is yeah. his how his bit goes. And it's a it's a joke, but it's also very true. You can't do these. You know, they're they're picking guns yeah. for a reason. Everybody's like, oh, if people want to do harm. They'll find a way to do harm. But, man, we could mitigate a lot of harm if we got rid of, you know, the access to the that's that's all I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of things people aren't aren't considering when they're defending their right to have an arsenal in their home. Yeah. Columbine was my senior year. It was my it was my class. I mean, it, obviously, I didn't go to that school. I don't want to live in Colorado, but it was my that was my senior year. Yeah. So it was uh, the class from American Pie. Oh, and just and very informative for any of our listeners now in the future. Whenever you're listening to this, if if you're having thoughts like these, there are, you know, all you really you know, there's ways to get help. Just kill yourself. Just do it. 
do yourself in. Hey, don't. And if you do that, so don't go out and kill other people too. Just you know how it's going to end anyway. So just skip to the end. Take yourself out. Okay. Don't or, murder a whole bunch of people. Or get actual help. Or just don't murder anybody as an don't option as well. Don't murder anybody or yourself. Yeah, um, but you could always skip that part. Someone actually did do that at our Giant Eagle, and I think I talked about it on the podcast, but that's fucked up too, because then you do it in front of people and you cause all this lasting damage, and it has this ripple effect that you don't even realize it has, because... No, that was intentional. He knew exactly what kind of... that that was going to cause was, the most... That's why he went he, there for well, the theater of it. Well, he did that to fuck it. up her. Right, but, but you, like, uh, he he's old enough to understand that anybody yeah. who sees that is going to be affected. It wasn't just the seeing it. I mean, the people in the back who they don't know if it's an active shooter situation. They don't know if they're going to die. If someone's right. going to turn the corner and shoot down that aisle, or if they even again, you hear one gunshot, you're not. You're like, was that a gunshot? What was that? Yeah. Did something fall over? You don't actually. You don't necessarily know. I don't know. There were children. It was. It, it yeah, that, was that's fucked, fucked up. up. But again, you could just do yourself in in the privacy of your own home, or. Don't kill anybody. Or don't kill yourself. At all. Or but, just go see a doctor, get on some medicine. But if they did stuff, guns. we got to start sooner than later, though, with the regulation of, of guns, though, period. And people are like, oh, they'll get guns illegally. Well, here's the thing. Those guns used to be legal guns. So, again, if, if we can control the legal guns, we, we'll have less illegal guns as well. But it, it, it has to start at some point. Yeah. All right. And again, like I said, I would get rid of my comic books became a danger. I would just get rid of them. I genuinely wouldn't care if it drastically lowered the chances of random people dying from exposure to my comic books or to comic books in general. I know that's a stupid thing to say, but it's like the only thing I collect that I love that also really doesn't serve any purpose other than I like it. You know, it's that's the same thing with gun owners. You don't need to own a bunch of guns. I don't understand liking them. I think I, guns are awesome. Like, I think guns are really cool. Really? Yeah. Like, that's why I like the movies, you know? I, that's that's what I like, though. It's like, I, I like that Matrix-style, John Wick-style gunplay, watching it. But, yeah, there is something cool about shooting a gun. Guns look cool really? to dudes. Yeah. It, it is a, it's a cool thing. I get it. I do get that part of it. I'm not a gun hater. But it's, it's just been proven. It's one of those things. It's like... We can't have anything nice. You know, you ruined it for the rest of the class kind of thing. You know, look what happens like when. flowers. So. Like, oh, I guess if flowers. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't own, I don't have any guns. I don't, I don't you know what but I do think they're very though? cool. It's like, they're like, oh, you can't take fucking nuts into a school. This is like, you <laughs> make kill people. It's like, oh, okay, but guns are fine. Guns are fine. I can go anywhere and buy fucking guns, but I can't have nuts. Like. Yeah, that's the thing too. We, we just need up. metal detectors everywhere would be helpful, which is an, an insane budget thing. But there has to be, if, again, if they're not going to do anything about gun control, then there has to be other steps taken to help prevent this kind of stuff. Anyway, so do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? I oh, I was going to know. I want to I wanna, uh, talk about something else. It's been half an hour. Okay. These people can turn it off if they lose interest. <laughs> I've lost interest. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that anymore. We're moving on. We're done. We're done with the gun stuff. If you fast forward to get past the gun stuff, you can stop now. Oh, yeah. That's how fast forwarding works. <laughs> well, maybe they just happen to stop right here. <laughs> and now they're That's being totally how fast forwarding works. You never know, man. They might just be hitting that little 15 button over and over Jesus and Christ. listening for a few seconds. So you Do you know how long that would take? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it would be divided by four, 30 minutes divided by four. Anyway, uh, so Maggie has read 
as of right now, three different comic books. Oh. The first one I had her read was uh, The Killing Joke by Alan Moore, which is just a great, well-known, one-shot Batman story, kind of a hit, uh, origin of the Joker story, which she wasn't really impressed with. Because I had seen it. I saw exactly. it. And that's what I was going to say, too. Is like I think you weren't as impressed with it because you've seen variations of it. You've seen an yeah. actual adaptation of it. So much material has been derived from that one volume that you weren't impressed with it. Yeah, but I was so like. So I get that. Then I had to read Amazing Spider-Man 801 by Dan Slott. She was not impressed with that. That one had an emotional impact on me, though, and I thought it would on her. I struck out there. It did not have an emotional impact on Maggie. She was and like, whatever. Also, Sean, Sean loves Dan Slott, so that's the other part. And that was his last issue after a historic, like, eight-year run on Spider-Man or whatever. Maybe that's the other reason that he's like... He's no, it's just a really great one-shot... He's shot. a slot slot. Slot slot, is that what we're called? Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just a, a great one shot story. You didn't have to know anything else or know any history of Spider-Man. It just kind of summed up Spider-Man. It was really great. And so know. then I read this issue of the most recent friendly volume of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is and only. And he can go fuck himself now. It was It's only up to like issue eight or nine or something. But I had to read issue number six of the current run of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man by Tom Taylor, which you can get digitally for two bucks on the Comixology Don't app. do it. It's three ninety nine. So I don't know why he says that it's. Cheap. Oh, it's a four dollar comic still. It's okay. a four dollar comic. After if you wait a few months, it goes down to like two bucks. Um, okay, but it's okay. It's all four dollars. Uh, you can get on a Comicsology app. Comicsology is is owned by Amazon. It's legit, and you can pay with your Amazon account. Anyway, I read Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man number six, which I'm I'm, I'm clearly behind on my Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man uh, by a few issues. But I read it just about a week ago, and right before I went to bed. And I started tearing up at this story, and I was like, I'm going to make Maggie read this tomorrow. And then I went to sleep. <laughs> and so the next day, unbeknownst to her, I I was like, hey, I just want you to read this one no, issue. No, he didn't say that. You never said that. No? Okay. I don't remember exactly what I'm paraphrasing here. I didn't know. I, so, I was just like, hey, I just want you to read this one thing. He didn't say shit. He, you, you didn't say a goddamn thing. So you queued it up on your iPad. Yeah. And then you went to go take a shit. <laughs> and you left it on my chest while I was laying on the couch. I didn't say anything. I just dropped didn't an iPad. You did say anything. No, I told no. you. Can you? I asked you to read it. No, you didn't. I you don't, put it on my chest and you I'm said. I'm not an ape. I, can I said, communicate verbally. Wrong. No. <laughs> you put it on my chest and I said, come on. And you said, it's short. That was your response. And you walked away. Okay, fine. That's, the, that was the exchange. All right, and I you was win. Like, You're right. I'm I wrong. I don't want to do I'm, this. I'm sorry. Anyway, moving on. Bitch. So, <laughs> she hates when I apologize. So. <laughs> <laughs> when I admit I'm wrong, it drives her nuts. She wants to get so amped up. She wants because, to keep arguing. Because I know you're just doing that to diffuse the situation, but I know because I'm right. Because it doesn't matter. Anyway. And it's fine. Be right. I, You are 100% right. I'm 100% wrong. I'm sorry. But let's move on with what matters, which is she, she read I'm this. so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I oh, love my that. God. <laughs> that, that uh, gentlemen. I that, that's all that's all you got to do in an argument. Though. I mean, if you're arguing over shit that matters, like, you know, uh, I somebody you think somebody cheated. All right. That might not be the way to wrap it up. <laughs> but <laughs> you can't just be like, look, you're right. I 100 percent put my dick in that lady. I'm sorry. What are we having for dinner? Let's move past it. We're done with this. But if you're having a stupid argument, this is some couple goal shit right here, man. Mark this down. Hashtag this shit. If you're having an argument over something that truly doesn't matter. Just admit you're wrong, apologize, be sincere, try to move past. However, she, I <laughs> she being Maggie, 
Maggie is all geared up, and that's not enough for her. I don't know what you want exactly. I have to argue. You want to keep arguing about it? It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's so, not worth it to me. Anyway, so I'm right. And yes. Oh, stop agreeing with me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, so she reads the comment and she's reading this story and the whole time, you know, she's flipping through it. I'm in the kitchen making some breakfast. No, no. Okay. But she's going through it pretty quickly, but I'm in the kitchen making breakfast. I am literally tearing up thinking about this comic book in the other room and fucking wiping tears off my face while she's reading it. But, you know, so she can't see me. So she doesn't know. She has no idea why I've asked her to read this. And the whole time she's like, oh, this is dumb. This is dumb. And you if you don't know what's going on in the story then I could it 100% makes sense for you to think this is dumb as you're reading the story like okay this is a stupid story and but at the end you find out why and even though I figured out what was going on about halfway through the comic it still hit me like a ton of bricks at the end sad she didn't figure out what was going on through the comic it was like it was like when I saw 300 in in theaters <laughs> and I I didn't you know didn't how really it cry ended. at that though no, I, I don't think you did I don't think you cared as much uh, but anyway Friendly Neighborhood, Spider-Man number six. I I won. I got Maggie to have an emotional reaction to a comic book. And it was just a 22-page story. She didn't need to know a lot of continuity. So that was that, that was a big win for me. That's all I wanted was for you to understand that you these stories, some of these stories, not all, all comic book stories are worthwhile, but some of them are, are very worthwhile. These are writers who are really trying and really care about what these, these stories. It's not like the 90s. So, it's sad. To say, oh, you're tearing up. She's tearing up thinking about it. Oh, oh, <laughs> don't cry. Do I? Oh, I wish you could see her face. She's so cute. Like <laughs> she's trying not to cry. Oh, she's trying not to sob now. I think <laughs> I can tell by your mouth. Shut up. <laughs> oh, shit. Sad. Impactful. Very impactful. Little Spider-Man story. Again, just reinforcing Spider-Man is one of the greatest literary characters of all time. And it's a story that really couldn't be done with too many other comic book characters, even though Batman's like my second favorite. There's only <laughs> certain. Not have worked with Batman. <laughs> you can't do you can't do these kind of stories with Batman. It's <laughs> Batman's a different animal. He's not honestly not a great character. I just I love the only thing that makes Batman great is his costume his gadgets and his villains like the actual character itself the personality of batman is very lame overall which is like the stoic billionaire who you know was upset about his parents being lost being when lost they, where'd they go when, when he was you know eight or whatever all right so i'm done check that comic book out lost. what do you have for us this week maggie Ugh, a bundle full of tears <laughs> so I am talking about Cabbage Patch dolls. Yay. So I went down this rabbit hole of... Uh, it was a really slippery slope. Something happened on Pinterest. And I use Pinterest a lot for work, like for inspiration, visual inspiration. Yeah. And, and somehow I was looking at something and I remembered something from the 90s and that kind of sent me down this rabbit hole from like time passed and it sent me down toys and I found I realized that my fascination who what are you doing I'm writing down the title so I don't forget it okay so he's like typing over there on his phone so I remember I, you know I love mounts right 
<laughs> like, all right. For those of you who don't know what she's talking about, a mount is something you get typically in a role playing game, which is typically like a, a common mount would be like a horse or some other animal. But in, in modern games, it could be a car or a spaceship. It's just something you ride. Yes. It's a way to get around faster you would, than on your feet. You know, mount. Yes. So it's something like you your ride. elbow. In Crowley's case, it would be my elbow. Yeah. And it's it's like something you ride, and I love mounts. So when I used to play WoW, I collected mounts. WoW and, is World of Warcraft. And I collected pets. Those were like my two things. Pets and mounts. Animals. Yes. And so I went down this rabbit hole of like 80s toys, and I realized that I had mounts as like toys back in the 80s. Like what exactly? I got a Pegasus. Who would course. ride the Pegasus? Was that just a random Pegasus? It was, well, it was She-Ra's. So it was She-Ra's mount? Yes. Kind of like Battle Cat is He-Man's mount and yes. Panthor is Skeletor's then, mount. And then I had, like, she also had, like, one of her friends yeah. had a mount, but I never, like, I didn't really play with her friend. But it was like a like a pink tiger that had, like, a mane and it was, like, um, flocked. Yes. You sent me so, a picture of it. It looked yes. terrifying, actually. So I, like, had mounts. Like, yeah. as a child. So I realized... And you just made like, this connection the other day. I just made this connection when I was on Pinterest. And I was like, oh. I was like, I've always liked these kind of toys. Yeah. So anyway, so I went on this 80s spiral. And I was, like, looking at all these toys. And then... Pillow people. Wuzzles. Popples. <laughs> popples. Uh, well, like, it was it was quite an adventure. Yeah, what When you showed me Wuzzles, I was like, holy shit, I remember Wuzzles. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, today we're talking about Cabbage Patch Dolls. Cabbage Patch Kids. Dolls. They're called Cabbage Patch Kids, though. They're called Cabbage That's Patch. That's the official yeah, but they're, Cabbage Patch Kids. But, but they're dolls. So, during the 1983 Christmas season, that's when they officially released. Okay. And they were... So I you mean, were you were like two years old. Yeah. Okay. My, grandma, my great-grandma threw elbows to get me one. <laughs> when you were two? Yeah. Wow, that's a good, that's a good grandma. Yeah, she's my, she my great-grandma, and yeah. she was the best human being ever. That's who I'm named after. Yeah. The best human ever. Ever. That's... So... <laughs> through elbows. <laughs> yeah, she did. She was she was big. She was 5'10". She was a big woman. <laughs> and she was, like, she was fucking she thrown was down. She was serious in the 80s. She was, like, thrown down at Higby's to get me a goddamn... <laughs> like, that was... Like, yeah. Like, picture... Um, if, if you've seen A Christmas Story... Well, I know you have, but listeners, yeah. if you have... Like she was like going to Higby's, which is that the she opening. Went to that Higby's? Yeah, she lived in Cleveland. That one was still open in the eighties. Yeah, I she didn't went know that. to like she lived on. I West, did. I didn't. I grew up in Akron. She lived in Cleveland, Cleveland. She lived in oh, West One Fifty Second. I I thought that Higby's closed in like the sixties or something. No, Higby's was open. I used to go to Mister Jingling up on in on Haley's second or Hallie's second floor. Or but yeah, the Higby's in, in A Christmas Story is, is actually the one yeah, that she that's went to. Where, that's really cool. Yeah, and she was throwing elbows to get me a, a Cabbage Patch kid. So anyway, um, there was a 16-inch doll and it had like a plastic head and a fabric body and yarn hair. Yep. But what made them so desirable is that they were not only huggable. Yes. But they were adoptable. Oh, yeah, they came with so the adoption certificate. They came with adoption certificates. So they had, they were supposedly unique. Okay, so each head had a different mold. They had different eye shapes, different colors, different hairstyles. And then the hairstyles were all different colors. Right. And then different options, clothing options. So every single one looked different. 
Okay. So you might see ones that look like yours. Right. But it wasn't exactly yours. the same. Right. It wasn't right. like from an action figure mold. Right. So every single one was supposedly different. Now, did they come with names or you, did you name them? They came with names, but but I couldn't, I can't remember. Yes. So that that particular Cabbage Patch Kid what had a first and a middle name. And then you adopted it and then it was signed by the creator on its butt. Xavier. I remember the Xavier. Xavier Roberts. Xavier Roberts. Yeah. So the official Cabbage Patch Kids story tells of, of a young boy named Xavier Roberts who was led by a bunny bee. I don't know what that what? is. What? <laughs> who was led by a bunny bee through a waterfall down a young, uh, I don't know what young means, down a long tunnel and out into a magical land where This sounds cabbage... made up. <laughs> you can't just stare at me. It's radio. Where cabbage... Where a cabbage patch grew full of little children. I think this might be worth it. This is what a bunny bee looks like. I looked them up. So oh my God, they sold them? Yeah. I didn't have one of those. I, I totally never even heard got, of those. I totally would have got one of those if I knew they existed. When he was asked to help, Xavier Roberts agreed to find loving homes for these Cabbage Patch Kids. But the real history of Cabbage Patch Kids dolls had nothing to do with bunny bees. What? So the, I know. Shocking. Shock. Aw. The actual story began with a Kentucky artist named Martha Nelson Thomas. So Martha actually started by making soft sculptures named doll babies. Okay. Doll babies. Not were, baby, not to be confused with baby dolls. Doll babies is like actually what she named them. And okay. they have been on display in actual art galleries and museums. Okay. This is true salt like she went to art school okay like this is soft soft sculptures <laughs> I, just, I don't know why that just made me think of plankton on spongebob <laughs> i went to college oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carry on in the early 70s he she would adopt these out to family and friends yeah and the dolls dolls eventually caught the eye of xavier roberts a georgia man who ran a gift shop Oh, so I'm guessing what he did then was offer her a fair amount of money to license them. So, <laughs> according to Nelson Thomas's husband, Tucker Thomas, Xavier Roberts uh, came across the dolls, doll babies. Yeah. At a craft fair. Right. So he saw Martha's doll. This is a quote. He saw, saw Martha's dolls and he purchased one of them. Thomas told Vice. After Martha denied him permission to sell the dolls. He stole the design and began making his own versions. Nice. This is classic. Is this the 80s, 70s, late 70s then, early 80s? This is the late 70s. In this is classic 80s villain movie, 80s movie villain type stuff, by the way. In 1982, he contracted with Coleco. I remember Coleco. Coleco and Vision. And he began making Cabbage Patch Kids as we know them. See, and this was, you know, this is kids for you younger folk. You know, this is well before the Internet. So yeah. if somebody claimed they had an idea, you didn't have a lot of ways to verify if it was an original idea. Eventually, Thomas sued Roberts and they settled out of court. How much money she was awarded was never disclosed. But her family says that it was never about the money for her. Yeah. Well, yeah, you steal somebody's kids. idea. Like, yeah. I mean, like their IP in general, be it for... Uh, oh, that would drive me nuts. 
look it up. When you create we'll, something. We'll, we'll post a picture of it. Yeah. Look it up. The dolls are the same, except her dolls were like three feet tall. That's the big difference. Oh, they were a lot bigger. They were huge. Why did her say Xavier on the butt, though? Oh, you, oh that look tells me that they didn't, since you're not no. speaking right now. And I have to, well, <laughs> have to describe I, I don't, your Actually, face. you know what? I don't know, because there's not a picture of the butt. So that might say Xavier on the it butt? Might. Interesting. I don't know. The plot thickens. Or Cabbage Patch Kids at the time sold for anywhere between $30 and $150. Wait, what? Why? That's what Cabbage Patch Kids sold for in the 80s. But like, why, why the huge disparity in price? Like, usually there's like 30, 40, 50, maybe. Yeah, I'm guessing. It what do the $150 do with, dolls do? Maybe you got like multiple dolls and a buddy bee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That price, that's a huge, like, I feel like that's like resale or something. Whereas Thomas's doll babies cost 16. Oh, wow. She wasn't so making much profit. She was not trying to make money. Right. But she didn't have Coleco behind her, though, either. But. Wow, they were selling those at a big profit. Yeah. Wow. She passed away in 2015. And her pictures that were displayed at, like, her funeral were her and her doll babies. Yeah. And they looked, they had the same face. But hers had soft faces. They didn't have the plastic faces. Okay. But they were molded the same. Right. I mean, it was that nose. So it how was, many Cabbage Patches? You grew up rich, so you probably had, like, I five had or one, six. You only had one. And it had short. You're not very good at being a rich white girl sometimes. I liked to diversify. Yeah. So I had a lot of toys. Except gotcha. for You just need the one baby. That'll really only I make had a sense, preemie. Though. So I guess I had two. Technically. We had a preemie. And I, I think it was actually my sister's. And I think it was inherited from our neighbors. It yeah, was a I little had a, boy. I had a preemie and a regular. And it wasn't. like we, And I, I'm pretty sure we got them. Because like, preemies came out years later. Mm -hmm. I was never a doll person. Yeah. I liked Barbies. Yeah. And like action figures. Right. But I was never a doll person. Did you have She-Ra figures? Yeah, shit tons. That's the mouse right. I was telling you about. Didn't you have... You, I had you the told castle. Me, yeah, you had the castle. Whatever yeah. what was it called? Do you know? Castle. castle <laughs> She-Ra castle. Castle. <laughs> castle pink. Castle pink cloud. Like, Did you have, know. like, the Barbie mansion? No. No? Mm -hmm. I had the Jeep. Oh, okay. The pink... Mm -hmm. Pink Barbie. Yeah. Pink Barbie Did Jeep. you have a Corvette, too? Yeah, but I didn't have that. I had the Jeep. You had the Jeep. I was like, my, my style was pretty well defined as a child. <laughs> yeah, all about the pink. <laughs> had a pink Jeep, as opposed to now in real life where I have a white yeah, Jeep. Come to think of it, you used to pick Kirby and Smash Brothers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you do like pink. I have a pretty well. Did you, did you play Kirby games when you were younger? No. Oh. I uh, played Mario and Duck Hunt and Castlevania and Paperboy. That's pretty much it. No. That's, that's pretty so much you it. came, you, you played, you probably had that two-pack game cartridge with Duck Hunt and Mario on it. Yeah, I'm well, it came with it. Right. Well, not all of them did, but yeah, like, like the original one did. Right. Well, I, I inherited mine, so my, I didn't have it. I didn't have a Nintendo. Yeah. My We were poor, so we lived with people. Yeah. I know you keep calling me rich. but, but my, Compared to how I grew up, you were very rich. So we lived with, like, my mom and I, my mom wasn't married. And we lived with my uncle. Yeah. And my uncle had, my uncle was was um, like a single young dude because it right. was my mom's younger brother. My mom was young. So it was he had one because he was like a young dude. Right. So he went and bought it like as soon as it came out. Yeah. And then I my mom eventually bought me his from him. Gotcha. So that's how I ended up with my Nintendo, which was in my room until I moved out at 18. I don't know where it went. 
Oh, man. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> I want your NES. I've never owned an NES. I had a I had a Game Genie. That's how I beat everything. Cheater! It's the only way I beat anything. I'm NES terrible. games were brutally hard, though. <laughs> like, I can't terrible. even blame you. I, I mean, Fucking I remember terrible. I had a friend who, had, like, when I go over his house, and he had a Game Genie for his NES, and we would hook that bitch up for, like, Battletoads to skip levels, to skip the goddamn that's second I, level. That's how I beat Mario 3. Like, I would just, like... I beat that on my own. I'm very proud I of that. I would warp. So I would, like, warp to level... Didn't even own the game, and it was the first game I remembered finishing I would ever. Warp. I would, like... Warp, well, I warp, too, warp but not with the Game three. Genie. But I would, I, use, I would find the warp whistles and warp yeah. legitimately and then get through the, the last level... Terrible. Level eight. And just, then I would swim under the boats, though. That was my... Yeah. That was my secret that I learned. So just good. swim. I would just always go right behind the white, the white blocks, and I would just run through levels. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, everybody cheated those this. games back then. They were hard, <laughs> and you only had certain, uh, uh, like you had a set amount of lives. Yeah, like, you didn't want to lose. You probably you would do whatever you could to get through the damn thing. Fuck. I was like, that's that's how. That's how you learned what you were willing to do in life. <laughs> like, like, right? Like, what are you willing to do? I don't know. Give me a game, Genie. I'll figure it out. Like, give me a cheat device. <laughs> like, that's... I'll that's make it happen. I, so I used to play Castlevania. Man, I loved Castlevania. Do you remember which Castlevania? Because there were uh, three of them on the NES. I don't know, but I can tell you that there were stairs... That and sounds like Castlevania. There were there were bats on the wall, and they used sounds to come like down, and then I have to, used to have to use a whip to kill the bats, and they get hurt. That all sounds very Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like any of the Castlevanias. Yeah, that's. I honestly cool. didn't play a lot of Castlevania. I did. Uh, I played the one I played the most is I had a Super Nintendo, and my friend Todd had Super Castlevania Four. I never had a Super Nintendo. So that was the one I was most familiar with. Was I had I only ever had Nintendo, and yeah. then I started dating a guy in high school that had a PlayStation. Yeah. So then I played wrestling games and Metal Gear. I love Metal Gear. Like that's where it picked back up for me. Yeah. And then like, because it was great. Like I got my braces out and he like came over and hooked up the PlayStation for me. <laughs> it was great. Nice. Or not my Yeah, my wisdom teeth. I'm sorry. I got my wisdom Did teeth. Did you finish Metal Gear? No. Hmm. Just the box. No, I ended up playing braces and like, or playing braces, playing wrestling for like the whole time I was recovering from my wisdom teeth. WWF or WCW? WCW. Okay. And it was fantastic. I created like a character because you could create custom characters. Like yeah. that was new. Yeah. That was new. Like that was a big right. deal. Right. What was her name? He, it was a boy and his name was Hamster because I built him when I had my, got my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> so. Wait a minute. Chicks play games with male avatars even if they have the option. Yeah. That's insane. That's not at all what I've been told. <laughs> That's not what I've been told at all. It's crazy. And it was but the only way on... chicks will play games is if they see females in the game. No, I played as a dude. That's incredible. And, and he dressed all in green because at the time you're green like, was You're like Rosa color. Parks, man. You're like, it's crazy. I'm a trendsetter. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know who civil, I'm like? Civil rights. I'm like. For people who play video games. I'm like Harriet Tubman. I was free in the slaves. <laughs> I've been here. All right. All right. So if you listen to last week's episode, you may or may not remember that I was talking about one of my favorite creators of all time, Todd McFarlane. What? Did we ever figure out what was going on with Bob McFarlane and his traveling? God damn it, press? woman. Stop it. All right. So I left off, I think, anyway. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> we never listened. Yeah. We don't listen to Why our own who, podcast. Why would you? 
Uh, <laughs> we don't know why anyone listens. So Marvel had kind of acquiesced to Todd McFarlane's desire to write as well as draw. So they created a whole new Spider-Man title for him. Titled Spider-Man. Spider-Man. The adjectiveless Spider-Man. That'd be funny if they called it the adjectiveless Spider-Man. Like if that was the name of it. I think that'd have been a better title. That would have been hilarious. Um, which he did about 15 issues of. And it sold. It was. It became the best-selling comic ever at the time. That that got toppled a few years later. But in 1990, uh, and I know I've said all this last week, but it became the best-selling comic of all time. Two and a half million copies sold, which is crazy. Comics do not sell like that now, by the way. Nothing sells like that now. <laughs> it's not true. The Spider-Man video game that came out on PS4 last year is the best-selling superhero video game of all time. And it only came out on one platform. Is that the one that you just had a fight with Sony about? Yes. And it sold 9 million copies so far in, in less than a year. It sold 9. And that's a $60 game. I mean, now it's less. It's gone down in price since then. But I'm confused, though. How many PS4s are there? A fuck ton. Clearly. And the, well, that's just those are U.S. numbers, too. That's not even worldwide. In the U.S., it is the best selling superhero video game in the U.S., it has sold 9 million copies, and it's only available on one platform. That's how popular Spider-Man is. That's how good that game is. That's how well, it's supposedly that's how popular the, PS4 that's is. That's the one that has the good web-slinging, right? It's the best web-slinging. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so he got his comic book. He's writing and drawing it. Some people are complaining about the writing because he's, he's not very good at writing, but he's happy because he gets to write now. And... It gets it's he's writing a very dark version of Spider-Man, which I also talked about how the pages were black, which was very strange uh, for for me. You know, as a kid, it's like 12, 13 years old to see that um, he ended up quitting Spider-Man over a censorship, yeah, censorship issue. I don't know why I can't say censorship. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it's censored. Um because he, he was drawing a character called the Juggernaut, which you might be familiar with from the X-Men. I am familiar with and Juggernaut. He drew a I'm panel. I'm going to rip you in half now. What's that? I'm going to rip you in half now. But I, uh, talk, oh, yeah. I thought you were threatening me because, <laughs> 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 because I, I thought you, you were upset because I was insinuating you might not know who the Juggernaut is. Uh, <laughs> I was You should have done that. you got to do the voice. you got to do the, I'm going to rip you in half now. Anyway. <laughs> I just losing it over there. Uh, I was just, like, "Wow, that's harsh." <laughs> you were like, "What a weird threat!" <laughs> and, I, and I was gonna be like, "Look, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry." Um, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, now I'm gonna rip you in half. Like, fuck this. All right. So, yeah, uh, Tom McFarlane had drawn a panel in the comic book where the Juggernaut was stabbed through the eye with a sword. If you've seen the Juggernaut in the comic books, he doesn't have a lot of points on him that are... Like, it, isn't that the only place you can get Right. Him? Like, it means <laughs> arms are out, but if you want to get any kind of... do any real damage to him, you really got to get in those eye holes. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It was making me laugh Stab him in the eye hole. Just stab him in the eye holes. And so he got into an argument over... Uh, or eye hole the, stabbing. With uh, the publisher... He's the, like, you can't censor the eye holes. Not the publisher, the editor, Tom DeFalco. He he wanted to edit it. Todd McFarlane didn't. So being very fed up with editorial interference, he left the comp company under something of a dark cloud. Uh, and that's when he basically started Image. He didn't start it like immediately. 
Um, he actually took some time off because his daughter was born, and he wanted, you know, he had made money, so you he. You mean was, Cyan? Yes, his daughter Cyan. So then uh, I did an episode already where I spoke about the formation of image. I'm going to go just a little bit into that, but this is where he created Spawn, which came out in May of 1992. Uh, so he created Image. If you're not familiar, Image is an independent comic book publisher that is still around, probably nowadays best known for publishing The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, before that was a TV show. What's great about Image to this day is everything is creator owned. Anything you do there, they do take a, a percentage of, of publishing, you know, of your money for, you know, publishing your comic and getting it out there and advertising and everything. However, you own the rights to all your characters, no matter what, no matter how long you're there. Uh, it's it's really cool and it's t the deal to this day. So you know you can go there and do a five issue mini series, or you can do three hundred issues if you know. But he created the longest running series over there. Image and started in nineteen ninety two, called Spawn. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Spawn now, in case you're not familiar. Spawn is I'm familiar. We're good. <laughs> Spawn is uh, crap. I lost my Spawn notes. Spawn, Spawn is Spawn a... was created when Todd was 16 years old. And he's 90 now. No, so. <laughs> he's not. He is in his 50s, though, I believe. Uh, so he created this character named Spawn and when, when he was 16 years old. And, you know, his dad printed things, right? Did you know that, Maggie? Did you know about the Bob? He was a traveling print press. Yeah, so er. he would he would like print his comic books that he made as a teenager, which is pretty. That's cool. Probably why he had to travel so much. He was probably printing illegally. <laughs> he was on he was on the lamb. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Spawn is his character now. When he's he created him when he was sixteen, and and back when he initially created him, he was actually uh, a hero that came from space, but he changed that. Boo. And I'm going to give my very convoluted. Uh, origin story of Spawn, which is this is where I think the character struggles. I, I feel like your origin story should be very simple, even as dumb as I think Batman's origin is. It's very easy to understand. It's very easy to retell. Mommy, daddy died. Mommy, daddy got killed by a criminal in front of Bruce Wayne, inspired him to become Batman. Uh, Peter Parker uh, inadvertently caused the death of his own uncle by not using his powers to stop a criminal when he should have when he could have. He had the opportunity to and he chose not to. Things like that. So this is Spawn's origin. Uh, there's a, a man named Al Simmons, who is a soldier, really, really good, really good bestest soldier is what, I, what I've gathered. So he's the bestest <laughs> of the soldier men. And he's, he's world bestest. He's man. really good at the killings. He's a star spiggled man with a plant. Yes. And so he gets betrayed. He ends up after being in the military, becomes part of a private military corporation. And the guy who runs it, Jason Wynn, has him killed for some reason, I guess because he wanted out or he, I don't know what, I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. And so he had him killed and he goes to hell. And when he gets to hell, he meets Malbolgia, who is one of Satan's, like he runs one of the levels of hell from what I understand. Like he's under Satan. So Malbolgia offers him a deal. They, they wanted Al Simmons because of his great prowess at killing and being an army man. And they want him to lead Hell's army during the apocalypse. So they ask him if he'll do it. And they'll, they'll let him get back to his wife, Wanda, who, you know, he widowed in, in his death. 
So Al agrees because he'll do anything to see his wife again. So Malbolgia plays a trick on him, though, and he doesn't let him come back until five years later. So his wife has moved on, has married Al's best friend, Terry, and has a daughter with Terry now. And so Al is all fucked up. He's all angry. And in the process, he has to wear this symbiotic suit with a giant red cape. And he looks like a superhero now. That's part of the deal with Malbolgia. He's a hellspawn. That's where the term spawn comes from. It's just sh short for hellspawn. And he's a homeless person now. And some reason he has to be on Earth. And I guess it's supposed to make him angry and stuff. Uh, this oh, yeah, I'm confused. Please wait. Ask questions because I'll. I'm trying to. I don't understand it myself, and I've read. Now it. I'm really confused. I guess I thought. What? I guess I thought there was something else going on. I had. Now I'm real confused. So. I don't know what I thought was going on in Spawn, but I didn't think it was that. Yeah. So there's. He's. So I knew. Okay. So I knew he came back. And Wanda had moved on and had married his best friend. Like, they knew all that. Yeah. But he's just a homeless dude in a cape now? Yeah, he's got superpowers. He's got Hellspawn powers. But, yeah, it's like, it's very, I feel he like. Doesn't he doesn't even have a lair? No, he's homeless. He lives in an alley. That's why in that the show we were watching, he's always in the alley with the homeless people. That's where he lives. No, I knew he was always in the alley, but I thought, like, he, nope. like went like that was like the gateway to hell or wherever he like disappeared to no he's literally homeless and he's okay. dead all right we're done so he can't get a it's house done. he doesn't have income so so then so then todd mcfarlane is just good at drawing yeah okay <laughs> he's not the best writer however i have mad 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 respect for todd mcfarlane because i've i've read and listened to a lot of interviews with him and He's aware of his limitations. He's gotten better as a writer over the years. I will say that. He has absolutely gotten better, which is good, just like he's gotten better as an artist. He's already yeah, an amazing what, artist. I mean, that's what happens, right? Right. That's what you, but he. I think he has In theory. absorbed some criticism. But also, what's really cool about, about it to me is, as an independent creator, he's doing what he wants to do. And he has kept Spawn around for 27 years at this point writing it, sometimes drawing it still. I guess I really thought there was like some kind of gateway to hell or something that he would like go back down into. No, he doesn't want to go back to hell. So here's the other part of it is he has, his powers are based on something called necroplasm. And he, I think every time he uses his powers, it like depletes his, his necroplasm. And when he runs out, he'll go back to hell. He figures this out. So he tries not to use his powers because he doesn't want to go back to hell. So he's trying to figure out how... He can hook back up with Wanda in some way. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that episode. Then he fucks her and then <laughs> and then he fucks her and he impregnates her. Yeah. In the, in the series. Yeah. I yeah. saw that episode. In not the TV good. series. Do not recommend. He pretends to be her husband, her her alive well, okay, husband. Let me, let me explain to the to the listener. He part of his neck. He has a lot of things he can do with his necroplasm. He can teleport. He can shoot balls of energy. He can also change. He can also alter his appearance at will, so, but he uses his powers to do it. So he pretends to be her alive husband by turning into him. Basically, he changing fucks his her appearance. husband or nope. he fucks her. No. Nope. <laughs> he fucks his, his wife and he knocks her up under the then, pretense that he's Terry and not a hell spawn. Right. And not not a hell spawn. 
So he, basically, he like, to me, that's a little rapey. That's a lot rapey. Yeah. It's like that scene someone, from Revenge of the Nerds yeah. where he puts on the, someone the Darth came Vader in here mask. And was like, totally Sean. And right. I was like, oh, okay. And then you were like, you, you know came how in upset like, I would be about that. And, and I'll you tell like, you why I'd be upset, though. Came in the so I'd be other like, wait door. a minute. This guy who kind of looks like me, you're just like, okay, but I got to beg any other time? What the and hell like, is going on? Like you come in the other door and you're like, hey, I'm home. And I'd be like, this is weird. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, no. So I saw that episode. Not good. Which we haven't got to this fact. I've, we're going to get into Spawn 6. All right. So this is the Spawn character. Now, this does get fleshed out over time. A more and more. Ooh. Basically, they're trying to wind him up so he's really angry when he leads Hell's army in the apocalypse. I guess. Oh, that's the, the that's what they're trying to do is get I, him to be the, like be Hellboy. Yeah, he's okay. going to lead Hell's army against. Does uh, he know Hellboy that they met? Because <laughs> there's already. I don't think there was a cross. There was some Batman crossovers and some other things. Because well, there's somebody already that they're trying to get to do that. <laughs> uh, so Hellboy. anyway, he's got horns. Spawn got better. It's still not the best story ever, but I still enjoy it. And I, I enjoy it more just from the independent creator standpoint. Now, granted, he had he had a big springboard with, you know, coming from Marvel. But he he also, you I know, thought, he earned that, though. I really thought he was going to be like, I thought he had a cooler backstory. No, his. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not it's just not very good. It's not a good origin. Like when he disappears. I didn't know he was like disappearing, like just sitting behind a garbage can. I he's thought just, he was, Yeah, he's just hiding. He's just hanging out in an alley. Or you see him brooding on top of a church a lot. That's why he likes to be up on that cross sometimes. But that was all he kept seeing. So when he when he comes out of hell, okay. he doesn't remember. Like his memory's talk, gone and he has to piece things together. Yeah, let's okay. let's talk about this. I love that you're interested in this. This is great. Well, I just want to talk about, like, if you're writing a superhero. Yeah. Right. Or, a, or whatever he is. Yeah. When you're writing one of these characters. And you're like, so what do you do when you're not doing anything? Like when you're following the other characters. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, sometimes this character will sit on top of a church. <laughs> okay. And what is he doing? Like when they Speaking. show, when, yeah, when they show like Peter Parker, like he has a broken phone. Like it's clear he's gotten into some shit and he's had some bad luck. You know what I mean? There's what Spawn looked like when he was 16. So I'm, I'll be putting that on Instagram. I have some pretty cool artwork. He, that's how he was drawing at 16. He oh, was, it's six. When, when Todd McFarlane was 16. was 16. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I thought we were talking about Spawn Let's, being 16. No. I was very confused because you can't be a super super soldier at 16. So, I mean, you can if you're... You can if you're, like, from the Middle East. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's not... He's Al Simmons isn't from the Middle East. So... Here we go. Here's a good shot. That's nice. So he understood anatomy really well at 16. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was a good artist. He's a really, he is a good artist. He's yeah, a very good artist. Very, his cape situation was way better at 16. <laughs> got out of control with capes. But like, you can see though things with, yeah, his cape situation has really gone out like bananas. I'm probably going to inundate our Instagram with Spawn pictures because I love, this is why I love Spawn though. I just think he looks so fucking cool. But... What do you do like when you're not like when they're following the other characters that aren't the hero? He doesn't really need to eat or anything from what I've gathered. So, yeah, I think he just hangs out in an alley and I think he does a lot of brooding. Do you know how much more work I could get done if I didn't have to like eat or do? I mean, as it is, I already forget to. Like, do you know how much more shit I could get done? Yeah. Well, yeah, if we didn't have 
And this dude wastes his time. It's not McFarlane art. It's somebody else, but it's pretty cool looking. This dude wastes his time just sitting in an alley? Well, yeah, he's, he doesn't have anything else to do. Like, what's, I, all, what's he going to do? I would employ the fuck out of him. Come here. <laughs> Even if he showed up in that, I mean, I guess he could change his appearance briefly. He couldn't stay like that, though. It would kill him. So, I mean, he could, like, apply for the job in the next thing. So you know, he, sh- he looks like a superhero every day. It's fine. I don't care. bright red symbiotic cape that attacks people at random. Well, surely he can control the cape and not have it have not, it not necessarily kill me. his mask in so the you're comic. saying that sometimes the cape would kill me but would kill you if you were spawn i'm confused now no you're saying you said that the symbiotic one cape of the homeless people picked up like he took his mask off at one point and the homeless guy was like putting it they were all sitting around drinking like you do and he put the mat and the mask tried to kill him well no i don't I'm not trying to wear the cape. <laughs> I, you never I don't see me wear capes. I don't wear capes. I don't know the temperament of his cape. No, I'm just saying if he came into the house and he was wearing a cape, the cape isn't going to like reach out and try and kill me. It might be a murderous cape. You don't know. I feel like that would have been covered in, a, in an issue. <laughs> All right. So anyway, getting back to Todd McFarlane. Uh, so that's Spawn. That's what he's going to be known for his whole life. And I think that's actually really cool. It's about in at the end of September of this year, 2019. It will be the longest running independent comic book series of all time. Uninterrupted uh, run from issue one. It'll be issue 301 will come out. That will be a record setting issue, which I think is really cool that he's he's really stuck. The way he's always put it, he's like. Because when you look at somebody like Rob Liefeld, who also who who co-founded Image with them, uh, he creates characters every five minutes. He's got a new character, right? He's just constantly shitting out characters, and like two of them are memorable out of the hundreds of characters he, he's created. You can tell by his hair that he doesn't do shit that's memorable. Uh, Todd McFarlane always said, "He's like, you know what? You just need you only need one Mickey Mouse. That's how kind of how he put it. You just need." The one thing, and that spawn is his Mickey Mouse. Basically, that's that's yeah. what he puts all his energy into, and I think that's that's a really cool way of looking at it. You know, he's, it's so does he have an Oswald the Rabbit somewhere? That's like I think Spawn is his Oswald the Rabbit and his Mickey Mouse. Just say because I mean he made it when he was sixteen. <laughs> so something I want to talk about though is uh, some of the other cool stuff he did. Uh, this is one of my favorite things: is that in 1994, right, Spawn is a huge hit. Like I said, 1.7 million copies of the first issue sold. Huge amount of comics, especially for, you know, I think it's still the best-selling independent comic book of all time. That's insane, right, for an independent comic book? Is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't... Dude, Spider-Man doesn't even get those numbers now. Spider-Man probably sells like 300,000 a month or an issue or whatever. It's nothing like like that anymore. So in 1994... Because it makes people Pe- cry. People wanted Nobody to work with him. That. People wanted to like <laughs> that one issue. To, I'm so proud of that. I'm not trying to fucking read comic books to make me cry. I'm not trying to read comic books in general, but I'm certainly not trying to make, read ones that make me cry. They provoke an emotional reaction. See, that's those are the good comics. They're out there, folks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're so cute. You're just the cutest. Boo. Um, so people wanted to work with him. Uh, Mattel. You know, they made the He-Man toys and whatnot, big toy maker. They wanted to make Spawn figures. And so he, you know, he's an artist, right? He comes to them with his designs. And Mattel is like, we we can't do that. That's way too, (laughs) that's way too involved. What the hell's wrong? You've seen figures have five points of articulation and they look like this, you know? You've seen a figure? Right. They They look nothing like what they're supposed to. You don't paint them. What the hell? Why are you trying to paint toys? 
And <laughs> like, have you ever seen a figure? So it's molded it, plastic. When that didn't work out, and this is the cool thing about owning your own IP, is he just took it back and was like, "Well, fuck you, then you can't do you know, <laughs> you can't do it." So he was he, what he said. He's like, "I'll just start my own fucking toy company." Fuck you. He, he, you know, he was doing well. He was in a position to do so. But I still think that's an insane when you think about it to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm a comic book artist. I think I'm also going to start a toy company. Just is it insane, though? It is. That's crazy. That's nobody. I don't think anybody else had done that at that point. Yeah, but is it insane? It's it is. Not As an insane. independent comic it's book not. maker. If you have the funding. See, that's what's that's what's insane is Doing things without venture capital is insane. That's I know because that's <laughs> what I'm still, doing. You still you had, to, you had to make a huge investment or get big loans or whatever you do. That's what you, I just said. Okay. Is doing it without venture capital yeah. is what's insane. I literally just said. That. I, no, but what I'm saying though is, I mean, he was still taking a risk, even though that's the risk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's not insane to make that move. It's not that. It's logical. He has the skills to but do it. But I think it. it's so. I think it's really cool that he cared so much instead of just being like, okay, put out these figures, they'll sell, I'll make money on them. It's fine. That he was like, no, no. it was clear that that's not his. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what's cool. Like he, he wanted these figures to be quality. He wanted yeah, a certain quality to these figures. And he's like, fuck it, you. I'll do it myself. You know, he's like, fuck you, Joe boo. I do this myself. And I don't know what that means. It's a reference to major league. Oh, when Serrano stops oh. praying to his idol. Uh, so then he started his own company called Todd's Toys, uh, which changed in 1995 after Mattel get put pressure on him because, and this this is ridiculous to me, Mattel claimed that they feared that his his new name, the company name, would be confused with that of Barbie's younger brother. I didn't know Barbie had a brother. Exactly. And There's never been a toy out. There, I'm sure there was at some point, but yeah, everybody knows Ken. Everybody knows Barbie. Everybody knows Skipper, right? Skipper, is that her name? Yeah, and then there's another little one. Is there? Okay, but everybody at least knows those three. Never heard of Todd. I don't know any, like, that's such bullshit. They were salty because... That's fucked up. Yeah, they were salty about it, so he was again like, well, fuck you, it's McFarlane Toys, which is a much better name, in my opinion, than Todd's Toys. That sounds kind of creepy for some reason, because Todd is a creepy name, in my opinion. Flat there with, like, Chad... Yeah. You know, yeah. anyway, Stacy, Chad or Chaz, um, the Chads and the Stacy's that's from incels. That's what uh, incels calls them. Oh, what are Stacy's? The women who don't have sex with the incels. Cause it's like Stacy's one of our, our patrons. Yeah, no, I love St my Stacy's Stacey. like super cool. She was at our wedding. There's like four people at our wedding. She was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my Stacy. I love her, but Chad's and the Stacy's are what they call the incels that gotcha. Duh. Yeah. All right. So he took his designs, started making spawn figures. The first line came out in 94. It was it was six figures. It was spawn. It was medieval spawn. It was the villains violator and overt kill, not overkill, overt kill and clown. And there was a spawn alley play set and a spawn mobile, which I don't I'm remember. Sorry. A Sean. <laughs> a Sean mobile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I meant to say a spawn alley. <laughs> yeah, spawn, spawn alley. Type, I type Sean instead of spawn every time I have to type it. Like when I was doing your other podcast and you covered spawn. Yeah. I typed Sean is the name of the podcast oh. and I had to change it. I was like, this this week you talk about Sean. So this this line of figures comes out. And he, here's the thing. This is what people might not know. And 
also what they probably won't care about, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because it's a big deal to me. Todd McFarlane is basically responsible for all these fucking cool ass action figures you see nowadays. Oh, like you mean like NECA and stuff like that? Yes. Like it, this was started because of him, because he wanted these detailed adult you know, figures that appealed to adults that didn't look like Star Wars figures. They, they didn't look like, like He-Man and yeah. G.I. Joe. They looked like the thing from the comic book. And now I saw that interview that you were watching. Which one? Oh, yeah. And he was you, like, he goes. He's like, so I did this crazy thing. I took a picture. And he's like, if you Google it, he's like, if you Google it, he's like, he's this really crazy thing to to make the to make the the toys. He's like, it's called a camera. He's like, and with this camera, I took a picture. He's he always like, downplays then, what he yeah. does. And he's like, and then he's like, I I just kept molding the clay until it looked like the picture. Yeah. Uh, that's he's literally like, what he and did. And he downplays it like it's like, no big deal. But he's like, and that's what that's I his did. genius zone. Like what it you talk is. about. That's yeah. his genius zone is like, look, but and I want to why look what like you this. Said, that's why when you said it was insane for him to start this toy company. And I, it's not. What's insane is to start the toy company without the venture capital behind him. It started with his own money. That's yeah. what's insane, because it's not insane for an artist to branch off from print to um, physical sculpture. That's yeah. not insane. That makes sense. It does. But to literally, I mean, again, I cannot emphasize enough. He created this market of adult collectibles that That's up until that amazing. point. I mean, and, you know, and adults have been collecting figures. Don't get me wrong. They, you know, they were, you know, collecting the Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the figures did not look like this. And it was fucking. I remember the first time I saw McFarlane figures in the store and I was just like, I was blown away. I was I that's literally what got me into collecting figures was seeing really cool figures. I didn't. I mean, I had Star Wars stuff as a kid. We all know what happened to that stuff and the He-Man stuff. But even if that hadn't happened to my stuff, I don't know that I would have kept it. You right. know what I mean? I wasn't I wasn't I had a collector toys. You don't see me. with Right. Them. I honestly like, don't know that I would have had those to this day. Right. But when when I saw McFarlane toys and then, it, you know, everybody wanted in on it. all of a sudden he was licensed by. Uh, you know, the the Simpsons, uh, all the horror movies, the Terminator, uh, Freddy Krueger, video games, Metal Gear Solid and Soul Calibur. He ended up making all these amazing toys. And then that and that including like Walking Dead figures now and Halo still going strong. He did his own sports line. Um, it started with him being like, no, fuck you. Yeah. And I, that's that's one of the coolest things about him, though, is like. That was a huge success. McFarlane Toys is still around. It's not as, again, it's not as big as it was when it first came out. And now there's competition as part of the reason. Well, yeah, I was going to say, now there's like... And I'm sure up. some of his sculptors went elsewhere as well, because that's what happens. People, you know, oh, hire people off. Some of them off. probably started their own business. I mean, the reality is, if McFarlane Toys was first, what happens when you're first is that some of the founding members or some of your first employees eventually move on exactly and I'm, that's probably how NECA got started I'm just spitballing NECA or, but it could be people that started with Hot him boys or any of those right like they would go on to become the founding members of other right that's that's how it always is I mean that's the nature of the beast so yeah in three months uh McFarland toys sold more than 2.2 million figures nationwide that's awesome yeah yeah, after Mattel sent a cease and desist order on the basis of a male doll on Mattel's Barbie line named Todd, he changed it to McFarlane Toys. That's so that's that's Todd. just them being salty. Like all those when you watch those uh yeah, the what are the toys that made us 
and they're always like every, you, you hear all the stories of all the people that passed on Star Wars and stuff like that. that they, that's all that is. People being salty. They couldn't see the value in it. So I'm going to kind of gloss over some of the rest of this stuff. But this is all really amazing stuff to me. Again, coming from an independent comic book creator, not working with a known property like Spider-Man or Superman or something anymore. This was his own thing that literally got created in 1992 and blew the fuck up. So he ended up. He, there was a Super NES game based on Spawn, followed by three more games. There was one on the PlayStation 1, there was one on the Dreamcast, and then there was one on the PlayStation 2 original Xbox era, GameCube. That was the last Spawn. So he had video games out. Uh, he had toys now. He had comic books. Then uh, a cheesy power metal band named Iced Earth commissioned Todd McFarlane to do a cover for an album for them which is called The Dark Saga, and they wanted him to do Spawn on the cover, and then they asked permission to make the whole album about Spawn, so they did. There's a whole album about Spawn by Iced Earth. I remember seeing the artwork. Like, I seeing, wonder how much it cost. What, to have him do the artwork? Yeah. I don't know. I remember listening to it, and it's cheesy power metal. It's not my thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just power metal. It's I'm not just, my thing. I'm just saying, like, how successful of a band do you need to be to be able to commission Todd McFarlane to do your cover art? Well, Iced Earth... Not very successful. <laughs> have you heard of them till just now? No, but I, I wonder if they have other income streams or like how how does that work? I don't know. Um, so then uh, again, this is five years after the debut of Spawn. He gets a movie made, which he retained control over. We're not going to speak to the quality of the movie Spawn, but it exists, which is cool. <laughs> I it is a cool. I also it, watched when he was talking about that, and he says it was a lot of firsts for everyone. That's it was. It was a lot it. of all the people on it. When you look at the credits, they're like, I don't know who I've never seen these people before, except for the K and B guys, the Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Berger. I think everybody knows them. Yeah, they were all, like it was everybody's first movie, basically. Um. And so, but yeah, he had a movie. It was a modest success. It was successful. It, it didn't, you know, tank or anything, but it wasn't a huge success. It should have tanked. It was followed by an HBO animated series that went on for three seasons. Where Spawn rapes his wife. <laughs> and gets her pregnant. And which is actually, that's the first season of that is really good. The other two seasons are long or over long, in my opinion, but they're not terrible. Um so he got a movie, video games, and a TV show. And then in 1998, uh, he directed a, a music video for Pearl Jam called Do the Evolution. Then in 1999, he did the cover art for Korn's Freak on a Leash. Um, let's see now. Korn could probably He did a him. cover for Disturbed in 2006. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's a cool looking cover. It's a terrible band. Cool looking cover. Again, um, Disturbed can afford them. But yeah, this this is all from a dude who basically persisted was I mean, he did have talent, but he also worked, you know, he cultivated his talent and he's gotten right. better over time. And, and that's then, the thing. And you can look at that picture, that drawing that he drew at 16, right? Yeah. He drew a drawing. He drew a drawing. Sure. Shit did. The drawing. <laughs> he drew it. He drew it. He drew a drawing. So there was talent there and you can see that. Right. Yes. But when you look at what he drew as an adult. After years of practicing and honing and figuring out his style, it's not even close to what he drew at 16. Right. Like, he, he kept I mean, going. It's, it's clear that this dude just kept working at it. Whereas, like, when you show me shit that 
um, Rob Liefeld drew. And even when you show me shit he drew now, and you're like, well, this is to him now. Like, he's getting better. It's like, is he, though? Sadly, is he is. He, he has gotten better. And you're like, yeah, he's way better. And I'm like. He really is. No, That's he's he just, not. It, yeah. He's not good. Like, I understand that he has respect for whatever reason, but Rob Liefeld is a fucking douchebag, and he's not good at drawing. But Todd McFarlane, like, you can see the progression. You can see he's like actively working to be better yeah and that's awesome and again just going back to the beginning this is a dude who made 700 submission packets to marvel and dc until he got hired 700 right. persistence this dude is a true inspiration that's awesome. in my opinion he's, he's one of my inspirations and I, I, I don't have to like everything he's done to be inspired by the guy. No. You know what I mean? I don't have to, doesn't have more, to be the best writer and that or the best whatever. And that's he's more done amazing inspiring. things. Like, people who who do have failures out there, who have flops, or who have, like, mediocre projects, yeah. that's more inspiring. Because they're like, yeah, look at this shit. Right. And then they keep going. Yep. Or they're like who remembers this shit project or who remembers this project that I was so excited about and I thought it was going to make me rich and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Like who are it? That's Everybody, life. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. And he, because if everything you do is awesome, that means luck is in your favor. That's not skill. You will never convince me that that <laughs> is skill. You won't. Yeah. Because like even pro athletes don't have it. That's luck. That is fucking like you happen to be in the right place at the right time. All right. Well, how do you explain all of Pig Destroyer's albums? Then? That's just luck that they're all amazing. They are garbage. You are <laughs> deaf. You have damaged hearing. That's how I explain it. You we were, were vibing waiting. on their most recent album. I have sure. never vibed on you. You are deaf. Sean is so deaf that you're we fucking deaf surprised that episode of Metalocalypse where the producer yelling at him and they're sitting in the booth you're fucking deaf and they're like uh, Pickles has a point that wasn't Pickles talking <laughs> like, yeah that's me so last night we're watching Alita Battle Angel yes and and uh, it's so fucking loud <laughs> that our 17 year old comes out of his bedroom and he's like hey can you guys turn it down <laughs> so loud he said he thought the house was being destroyed he's like which i just made me smile with pride i'm like this is this is why i have a 7.1 dolby atmos surround sound system it's like it's so loud it's the lowest end version of it you can get but i'm very pleased with it he's like it's just so loud and then this morning we're like did that wake you he's like no i was in the bathroom and i thought the house was falling down <laughs> he didn't know what was going on <laughs> he was very concerned but, like, but yeah, yeah, again, this dude. Your father's fucking deaf. <laughs> Tom McFarlane, 700 submissions, 700 rejections. And now he's like top of the fucking world. He's coming out with issue 301 of Spawn in just under two months. And he's getting funny together for a new Spawn movie. And he, he's just he, he's doing what he wants to do. That's the cool thing in the interview is uh, not the interview, but in the interviews, including one I read that was the, the guy that was interviewing was incredibly antagonistic. And. Tom McFarlane was like, look, I, I'm doing what I want to do. He's like, I don't want to work with a writer on Spawn. He's like, I understand there's criticisms. I, I don't want to argue with some. I, I Doing what I want to do, it makes me happy. And yeah. I think that's. Fuck you, whoever <laughs> right. the fuck your interviewer is. Right. I understand <laughs> my ideal customer avatar. I under And they, they want to read this. Because right. you know who my ideal customer avatar is? Fucking me. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly so how he is. piss 
off. And that that's kind of been his attitude the whole time is, you know, I think it's cool. Somebody else probably thinks it's cool. And that's that's all it takes. That's exactly it. Like in my business, my ideal customer avatar is me. Yeah. She is a business owner and she is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she gets it. And that's that's why I enjoy what I do. That's why like when I do my work, I've been working on this project that is just exhausting me. I've probably put 12 hours into it. Yeah. And I'm okay with the fact that I'm exhausted by it. Like I'm okay with the fact that it's taking more time than I thought it would. I, it doesn't feel like a soggy napkin, like, like projects do when you're, you ever like hand something over when you're done with something and it literally feels like you're handing over like a wet napkin and you're just like disappointed and disgusted and like, no, I oh. don't know. I don't know. What You've that never it's that's how it is when you're working with like I've never you, worked in like an office. <laughs> that's how it is when you're working on a project that you don't love. It's okay. just like it's that it's that kind of a feeling. That's the best way to okay. to sum it up. And it doesn't feel like that, even though this is taking longer than I wanted it to. And you're it's doing not what ideal you want to do because on I your love terms. I love what I'm doing. And yeah. that's how it is for him. I guarantee it. Yeah. And that's what it, that's exactly how it is. He's doing what he wants to do. And I. I think it's fucking great and he's doing it. And it, that's the other thing, the other side of him too. He's very anti-corporation. It comes through in his storylines, super anti-corporation. And that's his life too. I mean, it doesn't mean he doesn't work. He obviously has worked with corporations since then and, and with Marvel and everything, but he, he needs to be free. He needs to be unshackled doing his own thing. And he, that's what he's happiest right, doing. You pick and choose who you're going to work and with. He could probably go back to Marvel and make way more money. Yeah. I guarantee you could go to Marvel or DC right now and they would pay him more money. He would sell more copies than he's selling of Spawn, but he doesn't want he doesn't care about that. That's like not he, the future you want for yourself. Yeah, he, he's happy doing his thing. And I think he's in a good spot now. Spawn is kind of having a little bit of a renaissance because of this upcoming milestone. Yeah. And uh, it's got me back reading it. And again, it's not the greatest comic in the world or anything, but That's I. It's a terrible origin story. Dude lives <laughs> in an alley. But it's. You know, it's it's got some of the it's still some of the best artwork in comics, period. Like he always hires amazing artists. He okay. doesn't really do the interiors himself anymore. He does some capes, of the covers and stuff. Capes he loves capes. That's why he puts capes in. So right. no capes. Edna Mode said so. Oh. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like I he's got such a distinct voice. He does. But whenever <laughs> you have his interviews on, it's like he always says something that that'll catch my attention. Yeah. I'm. He's an entrepreneur and he, he's got he's a he's a businessman, but he's also a creative. And I think that's why you identify with him, because that's yeah. you. Yep. Uh, I get it. I get it. And I I'm really I, I like him. I like him. I'm interested in his father. I would love to talk to him <laughs> about Bob someday. Like uh, Bob we ever McFarlane. meet if we ever meet Todd McFarlane, I'm going to be like, I've got some questions about Bob. <laughs> I need yeah. to know why you moved 30 times Yeah, I need to, to print things. What was happening <laughs> why in the 70s? was he a traveling print pressman? <laughs> like, please explain this to me. There's some conflicting stories on the Internet about your childhood. <laughs> yeah, that was all Wikipedia research. But yeah, go check out Spawn. You can pick it up physically at your comic book shop. You can order online from places like Midtown Comics. That's an old-timey or statement. Or Graham Crackers. <laughs> go pick it up physically at your comic book shop well, i try to encourage people to support local businesses as yeah, comic no, book shops are you should however brick and mortar locations are, are few and far between so. there's a few in, in i mean the comic book shops 
I'm not saying they're thriving, but there's at least one in every city. Every major city has yeah. at least one. What every major city can normally support one, or has one close by. Like I, I say that as we don't actually have one in Brunswick, but, no, there's, but there's one there's in one Strongsville. With, it's it's yeah, literally 15 minutes from one. where I live. You can't support one in every single city. Right. That's insanity. But, but you there's can multiple ones one. say in Akron though. There's multiple in Parma. There's multi- that's weird. Yeah, like there's certain cities that have multiple comic book shops that's weird that there's um, multiple in parma or you can get it digitally all the spawn stuff is on comiXology um check out his artwork check out his action figures uh that that's all i got for for todd mcfarland is that all you got type. that's it I, two i covered it in, in two episodes this is over 90 minutes now <laughs> but we talked about a lot of we other talked stuff about, we talked about murder for like an hour uh, actual, was it my topic yeah, no yeah, I'll take the blame on that, I guess. Yeah, that was you. Just, I felt like something like, not that us addressing it matters in the least, but it's yeah. just kind of one of those things. It's like, Nobody cares about my point of view on that shit. Right. But at the same time, it's all, I just, I, it's like, you know what? It's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we can, because I'm, I'm not going to engage with people on Facebook or Twitter about it. Oh, yeah, it. no. That's not what I'm looking to do. No. I'll just put my thoughts out there. Right. If you want to talk to me about it, this is where I'm going to talk about it. You can listen to this. Right. If you try and to we, engage with me anywhere else, I'm not going to. Talk <laughs> right. About I don't it. want to. I don't care about diff- differing opinions on this. Yeah. And I know that's the, that's a terrible attitude when, you know, when it comes. But like, I just feel like when it comes to murder, <laughs> that there's a certain attitude you should have. And it seems like a lot of people have a different attitude where they're more concerned with Second Amendment rights versus loss of human life. And that's a weird stance to me, especially especially when you consider the fact that I pretty much hate people. But even I am like, like this I don't is, even like people. I don't even and like I still people, don't want but them I feel like this like is murdered. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, Random murder really is, is not cool. I'm not on board. All right, I don't you know. Have a, you I'm, I'm not on board, but like, you know. I don't know. Are you going to give a tacit endorsement of uh, random murder now? Is that where this is going? No, I'm just saying, Please don't do like, that. <laughs> just uh, maybe drive better, and then I'll be more on board. Okay, don't get, me, don't get me started. <laughs> All right. There are definitely people I want to kill, and most of them are just bad drivers, but we're not going to talk about that at all. We're just going to wrap up I'm the podcast. I'm just saying drive better, and I'd be, like, more for not everybody getting killed well, that, that's not <laughs> even who these people are going after right though. that's the other thing like killing children like come on they don't killing, even have their drivers killing license. random people all right that's that's it all right i sat on my leg too long and now my right legs like doesn't work anymore well thanks for listening all right I'll enjoy talk your to you. week have a we'll good talk week. to you guys like in a week and uh Shout out to all our patrons. Yeah, we love you guys. Especially Stacy, who got accidentally called, like, the focus <laughs> of themselves. Uh, who, who used your name in a pejorative way, which is kind of weird. Apparently, that's <laughs> like, something we could do nowadays. Well, see, incels call Stacy's the women who won't sleep with them. Gotcha. I, no, I, so, you, I think you explained it well. Yeah. You explained like, it. But, yeah. Stacey, and you know what? Steve. Good for Stacy. Don't sleep with incels. Stacy, Steve, Chris, Christian, and Matt. We love you guys. Have a good week. Bye.